Hello, hello to all of you Texture Lounge listeners out there. Can you believe we are so deep and thick into the holiday season right now? I'm still trying to figure it all out. But what I will say is that I've been very intentional this year about the types of Christmas gifts or holiday gifts I'm getting for my friends and my family. First of all, I realized that this year I really wanted to buy gifts for a wider set of friends. So my girlfriends here in Austin, their husbands and boyfriends and their kids and family as well. So in order to do that well, without spending a whole lot of money and breaking the bank, I decided I'm going to set a Christmas gift spend challenge this year for all of my family and friends that want to participate, right? So the challenge is not to spend more than $30 per person on a gift. It's tough, guys. It's really, really tough to purchase token gifts that are meaningful. But I think I've been successful. On top of that challenge, I've actually decided that I want to make sure that every gift that I purchase this year is from a Black-owned business. And I have to say about 98% of the gifts that I purchased were all from Black-owned businesses where I came across the challenge or the difficulty was with kids. There were some kid gifts that I was successful in purchasing from Black-owned businesses, mainly books written by Black authors and cute little headbands from Fam Jam, which is a fashion brand based here in Austin. But that was it. And I don't really like to buy toys as gifts for kids. I'm more into educational tools and whatnot. So if you guys out there have any hacks for this, let me know. I'm done for this year, but I will file it away for 2023. So this episode, I chat with the co-founder of Leha Beauty. Her name is Abby. And we talk about the storytelling of African ingredients and rituals in the world of beauty products. Now, some of you may know Leha Beauty already, some of you may not, but this is a brand that I've really been taking notice of over the years. I love their minimalist packaging, the clean lines in their font. Their brand is aesthetically pleasing to my eye, which of course is really important. And one of the many criteria that I look at when I invite guests on this show. But I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation that I have with Abby. It was so exhilarating to chat with a guest who is also a British Nigerian, Yoruba specifically, in the world of beauty. That's never happened before on this podcast. So we definitely jived and and got on. And I think you'll hear that come through in this episode. So with that, I do hope that you guys are all squared away with your Christmas gift purchases this year. I will say that if you're stuck for gift ideas and you do want to purchase from Black-owned businesses, check out 15% Pledge. On their website, they have a gift black page where you can find an incredible list of really cool um, Christmas gifts across different price points. It just makes the whole shopping experience super, super easy to purchase from one place and to support another organization, by the way, that is driving millions and millions of dollars to black owned businesses. And you know that I'm all about that. 
I just think that the job that Aurora James, co-founder of 15% Pledge, has done in elevating the economic disparities amongst entrepreneurs of color has been incredible. And I support that. Okay, here is the episode. I am extremely excited to introduce you to Abby Oyepiton, who is the co-founder of Liha Beauty. Um, just so everyone knows, um, Liha Beauty is actually founded by two founders. We have Abby here right now um, and Liha, who isn't joining us today, but just remember we have we have two co-founders. So Liha Beauty is um, black and women owned. It's a cult skincare beauty brand or skincare brand that has been inspired by Yoruba culture, which we, we're both Yoruba women right yes. now on the screen. <laughs> so that's super exciting. And a lot of you may have actually seen um, their cult hero product, which is their Edon oil, which looks like that coconut Ooh, oil and I do I do I do I do have it um so you've probably seen this on the countertops of some of your some of your favorite you know um influencers etc uh, but the two of them met back in 1998 at university in the UK um they bonded over their Nigerian roots or Yoruba roots and also their appreciation of shea butter um yeah. and what I understand is that after sort of taking notes of the lack of products that were available in the marketplace for their texture of hair, for their melanated skin. They began to kind of, you know, chat together and swap their favorite African natural beauty remedies. And from there, they began their very own line called Liha Beauty. So Abby, I want to welcome you to the Texture Lounge. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited to be here. Really yes. excited. It's cool. Yes. Um, first time that I'm having a beauty conversation with another another uh, British Nigerian of Yoruba culture, so for me, I'm I'm very excited about that. <laughs> cool. All right, so tell me, how did you land at naming your beauty brand Liha? Oh my god! I mean, yes. uh, I'm, I'm sorry to start with a bit of a controversial question, but it's like, okay, there's two of you. One of you is called Liha. You chose. I know. Liha. Don't like, ever do it again. Don't do it again. <laughs> Don't do it again. <laughs> do you know what? And it was my idea. Like, I wanted some, like, you know, noir. I remember she wanted, like, it's something uh, like yeah. noir skin or something like obvious. Like, yeah. my thing, my philosophy about naming, even though it sounds crazy, have a name that means nothing. Obviously, it's my be, um, my business partner's name, Liha. I just like the lines. <laughs> it's not because of the name itself. I'm very visual. I was going to say. We went, I was going to say, it sounds like it. Like, as soon as you said that, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, the lines in the L, the I, the H, the A looks it's good. All, it <laughs> looks good. It wasn't even, and if if I, in hindsight, I would have just rearranged it, like, mm. and just had the same name, letters, but in a different order. Oh, okay. um, so we, you know, she was really reluctant um, to have her name on it. She sat, thought it was some egomaniac thing. I was like, oh, my God. And we did try and put our names together. But because of my B, uh -huh. <laughs> in my name, uh -huh. it didn't work. So, okay. um, so I, yeah, and that was literally it. I'm like, it should, it should mean nothing. It should be easy to kind of like, I wanted four letters I thought, and it just looked good. <laughs> it mm. wasn't because there's any, and I think when you're naming a brand, you know, we went through so many names and she, Liha wanted like, 
you know, she loves these like sunray, sunray or some afro black or noir something. I was like, no, let's have it. Very simple. Visually looks aesthetically pleasing and means nothing. And then you kind of Google it. And it was like, we couldn't get the land. We wanted leehard.com. Somebody yeah. else owned it, but we just okay. put Leehard Beauty. And there was no kind of SEO in restrictions and stuff. So okay. it literally, yeah, that was that. It's funny, as you're saying that, <clears throat> part of what part of the work that I used to do in my old job was um, product naming, right? So I, I get, like, as you're saying all of this, I'm already brainstorming what your name could have been. So... <laughs> Liba Beauty? What about Liba? Because Liba Beauty could have had, Liba would have had your name in it and it would have had her name in it. Listen, girl, I wish, no? you, I wish, I wish I knew this. Never name it after yourself or your business partner because it becomes like, oh, Liha, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Liha. So yeah, I did a real disservice to myself. <laughs> so um, yeah. Never Got name it. it after, especially if there's two of you, never name it after one of you. <laughs> I had to ask the question. So, okay, what would it's you fine. describe as your zone of your zone of genius? Like there's the capitalizing on your natural abilities that are innate rather than, you know, things that you've learned through the years. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I think uh, I'm just like, I'm relentless. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm relentless. I um I used to be an athlete, so I went to two Olympic Games. I was a sprinter. I did that for most of my life. Um, and yeah, like I learned so much about myself. Like, you know, it's do or die. I'm, you know, I get down obviously, um, but I can't wallow for more than a couple of hours, and then I'm on. I'm on it. Like it's just. And the thing about startup, and you know, it's just, you know, running a business, and very much like being an athlete is like. It's two steps forward, you know, might be like three steps forwards and like 10 steps back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I was constantly injured. I or constantly having like, you know, issues and whatever. And that's what start up, you know, having a business is like. So I'm relentless. Um, yeah, I feel like Lehigh's a bit more, very much laid back. I feel like I'm very driven naturally. I'm constantly thinking about the next thing. I'm constantly, my mind's mm. always going. Yeah. Um, I'm very visual. So, and it's so funny. I never knew this about myself because, you know, I studied politics and sociology. I wanted mm. to be a human rights lawyer, very academic. I never really saw myself as a creative Hmm. and but weirdly it's insane that I used to own a vintage <laughs> I know, but I still vintage I used to sell vintage with my sister um because I traveled a lot I used to go to like Rolls Bo- Ro- Rose Bowl um like flea market in LA and because I lived I stayed in Florida quite a lot I used to do all the like the um hmm. garage sales like I, you know, oh. went to Korea because I tr- I went to Korea, I went to China. Anyway, I would do like wow. everywhere I'd go, I would literally source vintage and I would do photography. But I still never saw myself as creative. And then starting Leha, uh, naturally, like everything visual just comes really natural to me in a way I never mm-hmm. really thought about. So yeah, that's like I feel like that's my sweet spot. That's my innate genius, or whatever. Yeah, so everything you see in terms of the brand visually is me. Um, so yeah, I think that would be my kind of genius. <laughs> yeah. You're I go back in circles. Yeah, I get back. Yeah. Tell me one word that describes how you're feeling right now in this moment. Relaxed. 
Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. I can tell this is going to be a really good one. You know, that's <laughs> always get the best results that way. Okay. Are you introverted or extroverted? And how does that play in, in you creating and being visual? I, I think I'm a bit of both. Um, I, I think, yeah, I feel like I'm a bit of both. I like my own company, especially as I've gotten older. Um, but, but I can be extrovert, you know, be quite extrovert, but I have to be quite, I feel I have to be, um, feel comfortable. So I wouldn't go into a room and start like, you know, commanding the room. I'm not that person. Um, I really have to be comfortable. Um, how that plays out in the business, I feel like, and it plays, I think just in, just in my life, I just, take a back seat. <laughs> okay. uh, Leha is more of the forward, forward. Um, I'm trying to break that. So she, I, I love just getting on with work. I love what I do. So I really, really reluctantly go do things <laughs> like mm-hmm. go to events and things like that. I just want to get on with the work. And I think yeah. that comes from being an athlete. Like it's all about what you put in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's how it plays out. But I think that's the detriment of the business. I feel um, we need to be more forward facing. <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, I think that's how it plays out in business. And this, and in this kind of, you know, internet led, social media net led world, I think you as a brand owner, people want that kind of like they want to see you, they want to yep. understand, you know, know your story and all this kind of stuff. Which does not come natural to natural to me. I don't like people knowing my business, but like, so um, yeah. So this is something Leha and I both grapple with, like how much of the business we we and what the you know what the challenges we're facing, how much we um, put out there. Um, but I do feel like the I feel like people kind of love transparency and honesty, and people kind of like. Mm. Yeah, lo- yeah. So I think it's something that we need to do more of. Yeah, no, for for sure. Yeah, that's something that I've seen for a while now is that consumers are purchasing for so many different reasons, not just because the product is great, you know, not just because the product looks good, but what does the brand stand for? Who are the founders? What is their what are their goals? Do their goals align with mine, etc. So um, I totally get it, you know, <clears throat> like it's, it's difficult for those of us who are maybe more introverted and more reluctant to share. Um, but essentially that's what, that's what consumers are looking for. So I trust that I you'll know. find your own, your own like, <laughs> middle ground where you can yeah. share and keep, you know, share as well as, you know, keep what's essential to yourselves for sure. Yeah. Um, are you reading anything interesting right now? Girl, I don't read anything. All I read is Twitter, <laughs> Twitter feeds. <laughs> oh my god! If I show you my, if I was to show you my, you know, my um bookcase, I used to devour books. Mm. But you know, when you own a, you know, I don't have no time, and it's me as well. I, you know, I've got, a, I'm a single mum. I've got a daughter. I, you know, I run this business. It's just all consuming and trying to understand mm. like what's new and what's like, especially with D to C stuff. Um. I'm on Twitter. I'm on reading articles about conversion, conversion rates, <laughs> conversion rates, and 
you know, opt, you know, SEO optimization. That's oh my, my reading gosh. list and all that oh kind of gosh. stuff. Okay. I so know. you're all about business and you're all about how to improve marketing and how to expand your region. Yeah. But I would say the last book I read, which I loved, was called, uh, was it nearly every, every man? Oh, so God, it's so, oh God. My, even my dad wanted to read it. Um, every man in Lagos is crazy or something like that. Oh. Every it's so funny. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Something like it's, it's by a Nigerian author. It's short stories. Ooh, um, so nearly like every, story. yeah, it's nearly every man in Lagos is crazy or something like that. I can't buy it. Um, okay. And then the, another book, I'm just reading Akala, uh, The Dark Lady. That is a children's book, but it was so good. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. like a teenage book, but it was so good. Okay. Yeah. So the last well, that- book, last two books I've read. Okay, so I'm going to have to find that first one. Um, it is so funny. I'll find it. Maybe you can tell me who the author is after this episode. Yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, how would you describe your own personal fashion style? Yeah, I, God, I'm, I don't buy clothes anymore. I, I'm very conscious right. of like waste and sustainability. I, I don't know. I just get so guilty. <laughs> Um, but I grew up in um, in Northwest London, uh, in La- near Labour Grove. My mum grew up in okay. Labour Grove. I'm all about Portobello Market. You know, I grew up going to Portobello Market, vintage shopping, secondhand. Mm. So oh. I would say, um, and I used to, as I said, I used to sell vintage with my sister. Yep. So I would say it's like bohemian, like chic and just, I don't know if it's chic or me just putting a bunch of colours together and it just... You know what I mean? For me, yeah, like for me, it's like you can wear anything as long as you feel, as long as you rock, you know, you rock it confidently. Mm. Um, But yeah, yeah, I don't wear as much clothes, as many clothes as I used to because I work from home all the time, which is quite depressing, actually quite. You and the rest of us. I mean, the other day I was in my wardrobe and I was going through all my clothes and I was like, when am I ever going to wear these things again? When was the last time I wore this piece? (laughs) I think that's the thing about this now. Like, as much as it's good to do, like, you know, work from home and stuff, it is kind of like, yeah, I'm in my sweats, like, pajamas. My robe is my best friend. (laughs) Yeah, telling you the work from home wardrobe is a whole different thing than it was, like, you know, five, even five years ago. (laughs) Um, So, first of all, okay, so you're a Northwest London girl. I am too, by the way. I grew up- from, uh, Mill Hill. Mill Hill. Oh, yes. I went to school in Stanmore. You did? Yes. Uh, yes. yes. I, I went to the Mount, um, which is on Milespit Hill in Mill Hill. Yes. My brother went um, to school in Hampstead. So we're very much North London, Northwest Londonites. I just came back from London last week. I hadn't been for three years. And oh, I, I carved out like one whole so, solo, solo day for myself to kind of just Amazing. like- wonder and just kind of you know go back to the places I used to go to when I was a kid and I I chose Hampstead because I used to like it's beautiful it's like my favorite part of town the boutique stores the little crepery on the corner uh, all of it is just just so quaint so when you said that I was like I've I've got to share that because it (laughs) just reminds me of home yeah Hampstead is Um, lovely so tell me about an insecurity that you had growing up that you that you may have overcome, if you have overcome it. God, insecurity. I um, 
Yeah, I, yeah, I think I don't, I'm trying to overcome it. Like now I've kind of made I, fake humble, I call it now. So fake I had this thing. Yeah. So I have this thing where like, I always felt like, I don't know if it's a Nigerian thing or even a British thing. Maybe it's a British thing. Like you can't be too, um, you have to be humble. Like you can't be too out there. You can't be too like braggadocious or whatever. You have to be like yeah. really humble. I think I took it to the extreme <laughs> of, yeah, being you know, humility, have this like humility because mm. Even as an athlete or in a business, I see people be just be talking that and they they just they'll be bragging about themselves, all the things they do, you know, and they don't do any of this. They don't do any of it. Nothing meets up. And I'm like looking at these people and you know, I'm looking at these people and thinking, what the hell? And me, I don't I hate talking about myself, I hate talking about my accomplishments when people say, Oh, you know. She's a two-time, you know, all these things. I get super like. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there because one of the things that we haven't discussed and you've kind of dropped it here and there is we're talking to a two-time Olympian right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, guys. We are, girl. <laughs> That's a two-time Olympian. Okay. She talked yeah. about how she's an athlete, but we're talking 100 meters, 200 meters, like some serious stuff. So I'm going to brag for you. <laughs> no, thanks. Do you know what? I'm starting to come out my like. It took me a whole while. It took me 42 years, but I'm going to start going out. Um, yeah, but yeah. And, and I see it a lot in business, you know, I saw it as an athlete and, and I think I felt like, and I think it comes from this idea and my parents, you know, you know, you work really hard and things are based on, is it, what's the word? Meritocracy or is, that, is it meritocracy? Yeah, meritocracy. Yeah. And that is not true. <laughs> it ain't true. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be teaching my daughter that because that is not true. So mm. I learned like growing up, I learned like you, you, you know, you are the best, you recognize as the best and you will get your just rewards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, as an athlete, you know, I was, you know, best in the UK. I got into Olympic final, my first Olympic final in 2004, got 200 meters. And, you know, with that, I believed because of merit and everything, you would get your just desserts. But I saw people who weren't on my level mm -hmm. um, getting stuff that I was like, what the hell? And I never, and I felt like I never voiced it. But then I started to realize, as I got older, I started to realize like, it's not just about that, about accomplishments. It's about you going out and talking about yourself yes. and saying, this is why I deserve yes. what I deserve. And the peak that, you know, the people I saw getting what I felt like they didn't deserve <laughs> is because they weren't shy about mm -hmm. pushing their own agenda. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, we talked earlier about me and Lee being out there and things like that. We, I'm not that. I like working hard behind the scenes, and your things will happen, and and that happens. But realizing that along with that, you got to go out there and get it. Like yeah. you know, tell people about yourself, and that's why I call it fake humble. I'm like, girl, you need to stop be fake humbling yourself. I love that. You need to be telling people about themselves and about what who the hell you are. Yeah, so no, it's that so is, true. and that's an insecurity of mine because. I felt like I didn't want to, 
people to say, oh my God, look, she's so egotistical. She say this, she say mm-hmm. that, whatever. And talking, and you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, so that's something I'm actively overcoming. I think that you are, and you kind of said it in the beginning. I think a lot of that comes from, yes, the fact that we are Nigerian and also the fact that we are British, right? I feel like the two cultures, like when you look at British culture versus American culture, like Americans... And generalizing, okay? So those of you who are listening, like, take a, take a chill pill. Like, I'm <laughs> generalizing here. But Americans are very good at self-PR. They're very good and articulate about, you know, letting everybody know what they're doing and how great they are and the confidence levels are super high. Whereas us as British people, we tend to be more reserved. We tend to kind of, you know, hope that people will recognize our efforts. You know, we're waiting for people to put a tiara on our heads. Um, You know, we're hoping that, you know, people will notice us in the corner kind of doing the work and, you know, we'll be rewarded that way. But, and I think with Nigerian culture, it's a very similar thing. Like we're, we're raised to be humble, right? Like it's, it's not attractive it's not seen as a good good thing to be to put yourself out there um but I think things are changing I think that things are changing as we get more and more into the gen z's of the world and even the millennials of the world um we're starting to see a lot of people start to break that cycle and you know especially with social media right like yeah I think yeah I think social media social media has a lot to do with it I think what I saw when I was an athlete from um us like american competitors and we all like we'd like oh my god these people so naff <laughs> like you know it's uh, uh, you know whatever i forgot you know, morris green and you know oh, all yeah. these like athletes and stuff they were so like out there and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they would tell you how amazing it's almost like a boxing like especially for like especially for yeah. spinners and stuff it's almost like that power play with the boxers and stuff like that and we and i always felt like it was super naff you were, you know and the british like british commentators do not like that stuff no and so um but yeah, social media certainly for the for people in Britain, and you have to put yourself out there. But also, I think the school system work. I've never been in it, but I one thing I did one thing I do know is like they do a lot of debating, a lot of like yes. you know, yep. um, you know, speaking, you know, to your you know whatever like I know debates and like I don't know um I forgot what it public speaking events mm. and things like that. we don't do that yeah in the UK and so and that builds certainly builds um you know confidence and talking about yourself and this is all the things I've learned as I've gotten older like any you know if you'd asked me like 10 years to do a podcast I'd be like god I ain't do no podcast (laughs) (laughs) especially if it's I would not have done it because I don't like you know what I mean but that's something I have had to overcome so um but yeah I will be teaching my daughter's totally different things yeah for sure so let's talk about building Liha beauty um what makes Liha special and different from the rest I think um for us is like as much as it is about the products it's like talking about one things we one thing we thing we wanted to really highlight is talking about like our African like I hate African but Nigerian roots. Thank you for and, that, by the way, for like <laughs> zooming in and being specific because that's always a. I try and be yeah, I try and be very specific because one thing we don't talk about we tend to talk about Yoruba culture because um, I'm Yoruba. Um, if we talk about Nigeria, it really actually tends to be talking about Yoruba culture. We don't even yeah. go into like other tribes like Igbo and all that. And Hausa. Or even, or yeah, how all the other, yeah, Hausa, any of the other tribes, because I don't know it. I'm even learning about like 
stuff about Ifa and, you know, um, traditional Nigerian um, religion, religion and, you know, and things like that. This is something I've started to learn since I've started the brand. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to educate, we educate ourselves and educate like our customers or our community about what predates colonialism you know what I mean all the things yes. that is wonderful about my Nigerian Yoruba culture and 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 the kind of products and the history and the art and the culture um about it and so and then even that and even merge that with our British culture as well Liha's Liha's half Nigerian so her mum's an English aromatherapist and so it's bringing like those two, our two British culture and Nigerian culture together and talking about, we talk about like, um, you know, essential oils, aromatherapy, flower therapy, all these kind of things. Um, and even looking at like pre-Christianity religious things and be looking at stuff yeah. like, because her mums are all kind of like into like, like past lives and Lehar's mum's like, okay, and all these kind of things. So I'm looking it. at like, even like things um, that could even be parallel to like, they celebrate, when we talk, we, we, we did a post about, um, about summertime, British summertime. And they're talking about like, oh, I forgot, uh, paganism and what that symbolized and how that again right. came through, if, you know, Nigerian and um, Yoruba culture and how like, uh, how they kind of celebrated and you know venerated the um the if uh you know goddesses or gods in like summertime what and what the traditions are so it's looking at that and merging that and then bringing that into our product so it's so it's a whole education piece um and and just really educating people about African beauty secrets I hate you know I hate saying African because it's so yeah <laughs> because it's a continent yeah. but yeah like you know you know, we could say Nigerian beauty secrets, but yeah, but sometimes like a lot of like things that Ghana even, you know, they've got African, you know, Ghanaian yeah. black soap and shea butter. So we sell two different types of shea, the Nigerian and Ghanaian one, which is quite different. So it's just, um, I think that what that's what makes us unique, like blending our two cultures and really honing in in our Yoruba culture and like really educating people about that. I um, don't think there's really anyone else that's doing that right? There's, I don't no. know of any skincare brands or beauty brands that are steeped in the culture of Yoruba tradition and, and influence. So, um, it does make, that's exactly what sets you from my yeah, point of view. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I did, we didn't, I personally don't, you know, I, we might veer on like Ghanaian stuff. I go to Ghana quite often. I, I you know, okay. we might veer towards Ghana because it is, it's not next door, but it is very close. Yeah. And Benin and Ben, you know, I mean, Benin and stuff like that. But we don't go past like that. I I don't know anything about, you know, even West Africa, Senegal, and yes. all the rest of that. So I can't even begin to talk about South Africa and right. East Africa. And yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. And it's not that, but you know, there's so much rich history and um, culture that mm. I don't even know. I would love to do like a whole exploration of like going from top of Nigeria to you know bottom of yes, Nigeria and yes. looking at food and tribes and you know mm. beautiful you know things they different tribes and how they use beauty in a different way and things like that so and you know Nigeria is a massive country huge <laughs> three country huge. in one it's basically three or four yeah. countries in one so that's enough <laughs> let's, let's not even start Hell going yeah. about the rest of the continent <laughs> 
Um, what was it? Can you remember that moment when you and Leha both decided, okay, we've got to do this. We have to launch this brand. Oh yeah, I totally remember because what happened was we've been talking about it. So I was I was retiring from sport. I had retired from sport actually, and Leha had wound down was winding down her other business, and um, we had talked about starting a business and um, and then we came upon like starting a beauty brand. I wasn't. I'm not a beauty junkie. I'm like okay. really simple. <laughs> Lee has worked at Space and K. Her first jobs were like in Space and K body shop. She she's a total beauty okay. junkie, and we. But I used to me and my sister used to make our own hair care products like with mayonnaise and like shea butter. You know anything in the mm. kitchen? Yeah. Um. And as I said, Lee Ha is a beauty junkie. Mum's an English aromatherapist, and so we didn't really want to get into the hair space because. <laughs> there's there's so many mm-hmm. we wanted to um we wanted to go into the skincare because I think it transcends race we wanted to our products is just not for black people we we always say we just happen to be black founders yeah, yeah. we want to just you know skin skin obviously you know black skin is more acidic or whatever and all this kind of things but in, invariably you know I could have the same skin type as a you know mature old white woman whatever it's just certain things acne things like that so anyway so we went into that and so we just um we had been really tinkering with our Edan oil for over a, over a year or two but we hadn't done anything with it it was just sitting there we'd given it to family and friends but nothing was happening I wasn't confident on launching with two products so Liha wanted to launch with our uh well our shea butters the Nigerian and Ghanaian shea butter and then Edanor I was like oh I don't know I felt like people had to have a whole range of products mm. um but we were like it's multi-purpose it does a job of like five or six different products that's that so what we decided we had this product we didn't have any packaging we didn't have any we didn't have anything basically and then I was like we need to set a date on what we're going to do because otherwise this is endless. So what we decided, Leha had launched her other business, a festival called Port Elliot Festival in Somerset. I think, yeah, it's down south in, I think, Somerset. And she was like, I think it was like around Christmas time. We're like, let's sign up for Port Elliot. It gives us six or seven months. It means we have to have all our stuff together. And even if we don't have it, it's like, it's going to be like a soft launch and it literally was going to get feedback. All we wanted was feedback on our packaging, blah, blah. So we got to work. So that was like, we're starting the brand. We know the name. Let's get everything else done. Um, so that was that. And so Port Elliot was in July and uh, we had everything done, mostly like just sketches. We had stickers. We, it doesn't look like anything like it looks similar to what it looks like now, but it wasn't perfect. It okay. still isn't perfect. Um, and we launched with two, the two shea butters and the, um, the Edan ore. And we did workshops showing people how to make their own skincare using kitchen ingredients with shea butter. Okay. So that's how we got people in. Um, yeah. And pretty much what happened at that festival was like, we sold out after two days. Anthropology had the tent, two doors down like a massive tent and and then they did lots of different workshops and lots of the girls who were at the anthropology tent would come to our workshops and then the head of anthropology europe came to our workshop and she was like i love your oil i want to sell your oil and we're like okay oh 
And then, yeah, and that's pretty much how we got started. But we didn't even have a website. We didn't, I didn't even think to put up a website. Wow. <laughs> wow. We didn't have a website. And the woman was like, have you got all your EU? This is when we were still in EU. Have you got all your EU testing and stuff? And we are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know what she was talking about. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just nod. We, just nod. We just nodded. And, but yeah, we didn't have that. So it took, um, it took us about five months to get that. Um, and we launched okay. in anthropology a year later, just with the Eden oil and we workshops. Yeah. So that's basically it. <laughs> so Leha is from Cheltenham and you're yeah. from Hackney in London. Yeah. Right. So how did you guys make that long distance work? That's, that's I mean, oh as well, God. tell, tell, tell people who are listening, if you were to drive from Hackney in London to Cheltenham, what is the drive time? So it would take me like two and a half hours to get okay. there. Two, okay. Not two, three and a half hours. Three and a half. There. That's not too yeah, bad. That's not too, too Yeah, I know bad. America, for America, that's nothing. For England, yeah. that's everything. It is. America, you could drive for 10, 10, 12. My, my friend moved oh from Nebraska gosh. to Texas. She moved from Nebraska. I was like, and she drove. I was like, what do you mean you're driving? That is so common. That's. I mean, listen, my husband and I are driving to Houston from Austin. That's like a three, three and a half hour drive later on. Yeah, this that week. It's it. so common out here. But for you, that was a trek. That's so a flight. That's a flight and the train. <laughs> That's <laughs> train. No, um, yeah, we did. We had a little workshop. So we had a little workshop. Oh my god, this workshop was insane. So we had this yeah. little studio in um, in the back. It didn't have any windows. It was like a. Sh- it wasn't even. It wasn't even bigger than a shed. It was. It was terrible. No windows. It was freezing in the summer. boiling in the winter it was insane and I would do like once a week I would do the drive down make you know do some shea butter do the edan oil and then you know when we when our soap it took a year a year and a half to get our soap together and making soap is no (laughs) it's no fun I can't imagine yeah it was it was a lot but you know what like I loved it like the Mm. you know I love like the idea of the, you know, having a concept and bringing it, bringing it to life. And because yeah. as soon as somebody says something to me, if I can visually see it, like I can bring it to life. Like if I see I, I it comes in pictures in my head and then I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that's what Leha is about. I love like packaging, you know, conception, you know, all that, that kind yes. of stuff. And so it, even though it was three yeah. hours, I, it was like, you know, it was two hours to to drive to Cheltenham to London. It takes another hour to get across London. Oh yeah, you know, get true. across London. It was just yeah. So that was the thing. So um, so yeah. was that weekly? Were you were you doing? Yeah, weekly. weekly. It was basically okay. weekly. Um, I'm you know I at that time I was um I had like flexible jobs, so I was doing different things. I okay. was public speaking, PTing, doing like different things. I'd retire from sport. Um. So yeah, I I would do that. I would yeah, I would do the drive and and it was it was fine. I like I kind of like I I'm used to driving. I used to drive and fly everywhere. So yeah, fair enough. So what's been the biggest learning curve for you as you've launched this business and you've worked across <laughs> ingredient types and you you work with another founder? So you're working. You both have very different styles. One's more laid back. Somebody's more of a vision oriented person. Like what's been the biggest learning curve for you guys? 
oh God, there's so many. One of it is one of them is learn your finance. Low, know your finances. Yes. Know your finances. Know your numbers. Even, know your numbers. numbers. Yeah. Um, I can't even emphasize that enough. Like, Lihana and I are quite both creative, and we're like, <laughs> we yeah. That has been a real steep learning curve for us. Like, mm. you know, your numbers tell a story. Like. You know, and you need to know that story in inside out, and what is that? What's you know what the story is saying? How does that inform you know? Yeah, your production, your fulfillment, your um, your cash flow. You know, things what you can buy, and yeah, that's that's been a steep learning curve. Um, and you know, knowing that will keep your your business afloat. So that's been these. Um, and then I think learn. Yeah, like getting into business with somebody yeah. has been also a steep learning curve for me. I'm sure. Um, yeah, so just, you know, personality types, ways of working, um, drive, all these things. Like as much as your friends, you've never worked together. And it all sounds great. Um, and it can be, especially when you're getting the wins. Um, but then, yeah, just be very like, I think in hindsight, it was quite, I was quite naive. It's like, you have to, I think you have to look at every potential scenario that might, you know, might happen and how you would deal with that. And before you get into business with somebody is like ironing that out. Like if this was to happen, if that, you know, all these things I think is uh, really important, but you only learn that from going through it. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. All right. So what's been the most satisfying uh, career moment for you? to date just in general yeah god satisfying career moment you know I should say the Olymp getting into Olympic final okay okay <laughs> I should say that but I don't know if it is the most satisfying of that that can <laughs> be because I one. wasn't happy that huh? can be that can be one so that's a personal one for you but in terms of Lee her beauty what would be your yeah in terms of Lee her beauty uh, God, what is the most satisfying? I just thinking the brand's still existing. <laughs> I don't even know. Mm. The brand's still existing. Um, do you know what? The things that the things that satisfy me is the things that don't set. I just love like the little things. Like I get excited about I don't get excited about the big stuff. I get excited about like if we have a mate, like if I see packaging and it looks exactly how I want it to look, and I it's the most honestly, I don't get excited about yeah, we get a vibe. Yeah, we get a write up in Vogue and that's great and stuff like that. But that never seems to excite me. I get excited mm -hmm. about like, oh, oh my God, the packaging looks amazing. Oh, I <laughs> or, love that. I do love that, quite honestly. Yeah, like, oh, that's like I get, yeah, when I see the pack, like when I see like visuals, like we do a photo shoot and I'm like, oh my God, this looks great. Or, or customer, even like customers, like, oh, they, it's not, yeah, I love your product. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, I've seen you, you know, we, when we do events and like somebody says, oh my God, I've seen you guys on Instagram. I have wanted to try, you know, things like that. The big moments are great, um, mm. but they're not as satisfying for me. I don't know why. I probably, I'm just weird. No, I, it's, it's you and that's your answer. And I think that that's great. I mean, it's the small things in life, the small joys in life that kind of keep us going, right? So... Do you have any, does anyone in the beauty industry uh, inspire you right now, like in terms of business? Like, who do you, do you know? You know what? Actually, it's not so much the, um, 
I've been listening. To, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but um, okay. I d- she's not in the. It's not. I discovered her through a friend. She's not in the beauty industry. She is in like um, sustainable fashion. She does um, a, like a leisure wear company called Tala. She's called Grace. God, I don't Grace something. <laughs> I'm telling okay. you, Grace Beverly. Okay. So I recently discovered she's she's really young actually. But um, really savvy, really, ins- I feel like really inspiring. Sorry, my phone. Really inspiring. Um, yeah, just their business acumen, I think, is for something somebody relatively young, um, mm-hmm. is uh, is 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 great to to see. Um, yeah, I you know I get inspiration from also like Sharma Dean Reed. She's she's yes. not um, she's got beauty stat um not beauty she. Launched Beat Stack, but now it's called Stat World. She's super inspiring. Um, yep. Somebody like Grace Ladojo, she's got a, um, she's Skepta's manager, but she does like a whole bunch okay. of, she's got Homecoming Festival, a Nigerian festival called Homecoming. Oh, cool. You know, she started really like, you know, she started going back to Nigeria and wanted to give something back. And she's like, and it's become this like huge festival. I think it came, actually it came to Atlanta one of the, you know, she did like like a pop up in Atlanta um, in September. She does stuff in Nigeria. She's been doing stuff in the UK, bringing artists to to America and Britain. And so that's you know, those kind of things. Like I'd love to do stuff like you know, do the stuff like that with Leha, like bringing like, you know, not even bringing you know, bringing people to Nigeria even like doing us you know in this like spa we have this amazing spa retreat concept i'd love to do that in in nigeria do you know and then like embedding like that cultural aspect and bringing people people there so they see for themselves that you know it's it's an amazing con you know country and an amazing continent (laughs) no i feel like that's happening a lot now right like i feel like even when you look at music and you look at Afrobeats and how widespread mm. um, that music genre is across the world. And especially here in the US, you have a lot of African-Americans who are super interested in figuring out where they come from and they're doing DNA tests. And a lot of them are finding that their roots are in Africa. And so for that reason, they're coming home, they're, to your point, home, homecoming, right? They're coming back yeah. to whether it's Ghana for the, um, you know, Afrochella that happens at the end of the year and maybe even yeah. homecoming, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would, I would absolutely love to see how you sort of lean on that to help develop, you know, Liha Beauty on that side of the world. Yeah, no, and that's, I think, yeah, we get lots of questions like, oh, are you going to sell in, you know, sell to Nigeria, yeah. you know, in Africa and things like that. I'm like, no, I don't, it's, yeah, we would, but I almost want to bring people to Nigeria to to Ghana and well Ghana not so <laughs> lots of people going to Ghana I think it's, they are it's so saturated <laughs> but um but yeah bringing some kind of like experiential thing to um to Nigeria and yeah you know building and bring you know building that economy and but so you're seeing how we can like do something very authentic there and uh and then yeah like African-Americans or British anybody to come there and see see for themselves basically so what's the future for Liha? global domination so we see ourselves like a, <laughs> we see ourselves as like the next heritage brand of the future so we want it you want we okay. want to have that kind of legacy brand a heritage brand you know like a diptyque or a, a, a i don't know a, 
whatever mac or even like burberry or you know what i mean these kind of like heritage brands so that's how we want to position up you know that's how we position ourselves mm-hmm. so you know coming up our whole we we know like a lot of our customers are from the states um and so we want to kind of get over there <laughs> and scale yeah. um in the states so that's our kind of next target. Um, obviously, grow, you know, grow more here, get more brand awareness. I think something what we're lacking is like marketing. Um, we've everything we've done has very been very organic. We've never really had to spend money on marketing, but you know, you can okay. only get so far with that. Um, yep. So it's literally, you know, get building that awareness in the UK and in the states, basically. Awesome. So let's let's pivot a little bit and talk a bit about storytelling, African beauty rituals so if you can cast your mind back can you pinpoint your very earliest memory of uh your beauty experience for you god I think just I think for me just seeing my mum put on her makeup like my mum is very minimal like she's not a make she doesn't she like she shaves her hair okay but I always remember her like wearing black charcoal eyeliner, eyeliner and then pulling it on her lips she had one oh, really put her eyebrows wow talk about multi-purpose <laughs> big listen to her. my mum is that i'm like and you know she'd put they would do like in the 80s and well you know i wasn't really well i was around in 80s i'm talking about <laughs> not, you know she'd do like this lip liner like mm, heavy mm. light liner and then black and then brow okay and they used to use this like they used to use razors like you know those, oh yes like, the little blades. like rectangular blades to yeah, shape eyebrows, like, eyebrows. yeah yeah my mom would do that and just and that would just i know that's what my, <laughs> that was that was my mum's beauty, like, multi-purpose queen. Yes. She wasn't really into beauty like that, you know. And when, you know, when you talk about African beauty, I always think, like, it's very rich. It's all very ceremonial, all very ritualistic, mm. you know. Mm. It's very, like, you know, yeah, it's not, like, oh, the obvious thing. Like, you know, obviously using shea butter and using black soap, but if you and or if you use certain things it might be for ritual thing or if you put stuff on like on the baby like oil on the babies it's very very ritualistic so that um but my mum yeah my mum is like coal is it coal what they call it um eyebrows and and yeah is my earliest kind of memory watching her put on her makeup no makeup I know it's funny so two things that you said kind of have kind of triggered for me some early beauty moments that I remember growing up. And yes, like shaving eyebrows with a razor blade was absolutely a thing. I definitely did that. Like, like I look back and I'm slightly ashamed of myself for going that route. But you know, you're learning as, as you see, yeah, you learning. see your parents like I'm like, it was yes. that thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a whole thing. There's that. And then there's also the um the really dark eyeliner. Like my mom used to use, I don't know if you ever know it, if you knew it, but it was called Kajal. Kajal was like this, um, oh, where was it from? I don't know. I feel like maybe India. Um, it's like a little tiny tube um, that has like a dark substance with like inside it, like a, thicker than a cream. And it had a little stick at the end of it that you put in and you pull it out. It's coated with this black substance and you use that to 
really darken the the eye oh. area and that's how you know a lot of you know, the the indian women that you see or saudi arabian women that you see with those beautiful oh. like dark eyes like that's what they use so that oh. reminded me of that moment thank you for thank you for no reminding me of it. no you you know what i hadn't even once you asked that question i hadn't even thought about it i, I just i just it just i'd never thought about it but yeah like that's my earliest beat my mum's not a, mm. and i think like i get yeah all my sisters we all get like we're very minimal and I think that definitely comes yeah. my mum never wears makeup when she if she does it's like that that yeah. little tiny tiny little moment mm. um and so are there any childhood beauty rituals that you still maintain today I mean I know that you're very minimal but is it something yeah, like just the shape you know what the shea butter shea butter <laughs> Shea and the black butter. soap and the yeah. black soap with my daughter even my daughter like I but I say all we all these um is the Nigeria you have a name for Shea Butter, but I'd be like, go and get the wee. And you know, she's like, she knows. Aww. And like, and the black soap, you know, our black soap is nice. like Osha Dudu. Osha Dudu, yes. man. My mum, Osha Dudu for everything. Like, my, everything. like you got some kind of <laughs> everything. Everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was insane. It's like, yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I was talking to somebody recently and talking about things that our parents used to do. And I remember my mum used to put, like, if you had some kind of skin problem, it would be like, put Dettol in the water. Dettol. The, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Dettol in the water and then get the black soap out and just, like, scrub us down. I'm just... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just killing our own natural, like, yes. skin bio or whatever, yeah. biome and... <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm like Dettol. Dettol, you know. So I don't know. Again, I haven't seen Dettol out here. Maybe it exists. Maybe it doesn't. But you know, for those of you the who smell. are listening to the podcast, the yes, those of you who are listening, um, especially if you're based out here in the states, and you've never heard of Dettol before. It is like a antibacterial, anti-everything disinfectant. You can use it to clean your bathtub. You can put, in your put a little bit in your water, bathe yourself in it. Like it, it's You shouldn't fine. be doing that. You should, don't I mean, do it. <laughs> don't do it. I feel like. It's, it's insane. Do you know is, what? It, it would be illegal. I don't think, I don't think they can, you can do that anymore. I don't think it's on the, on the list of things, oh. but these things that you used to, they used to say that to parents to do, it's just wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do in it. hindsight you couldn't do it, do it can't now. do that now it's, a, yeah. it's ridiculous yeah <laughs> so it's, it's a really strong smell like as you say Dettol like the smell comes to me immediately you pull it but down your like, toilet sink that's yes. how they tell you to clean your you, yep 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 like I <laughs> said it is, it's like oh my god <laughs> Let's move away from this one. I, I feel like I'm going to have to like Google and see what the key ingredients were in that thing. And anyway, anyway, so, um, Osha Dudu, Osha Dudu, Osha Dudu. Like that is my, again, for me, that is the only soap I use. It is oh, the really? only, only soap I use. So, I mean, I'm just talking about Osha Dudu that my mom would get from, you know, from Lagos or for, from actually Osha Dudu, she usually gets from, Either Benin or Togo, I think. I, for some reason, she seems to prefer. Do you find it? You don't find it too drying. I don't find it too drying. I have really sensitive skin. I have oh, really okay. sensitive skin, and I can't go to the store and buy, you know, shower gel or you know, a no, bar of soap. No. Like all that stuff just dries me out, and I react to it. And after a while, when I was younger, my mom was just like, "Let me just try Osha Dudu, Osha Dudu on you." And guys, Osha Dudu, if the direct trans- translation of that. 
it's a Yoruba word or phrase for black soap. Osha is yeah. soap, dudu is dark or black. And I have never used anything since then in terms of cleansing my body, you know, taking showers. Like I use Osha dudu. It just leaves my skin feeling super soft. I do use it on my face. I don't have any problems with tightness. I don't get any irritation. Like it yeah. is so moisturizing. Um, so, you must get it from a good place because when the ones that yeah. you, my mom, I think it, it depends on who you get it from. Like, who you you're get getting it from. It sourced directly from Nigeria, from, uh, you know, it just depends where you get it from. Like the ones I've had used on the market, uh, it's just too, too drying. Too like, drying. Too drying. Yeah. yeah, way too drying. I don't, yeah. So that's, I'm going to Nigeria next week. So let me see what else is out there. See what and see, you but, can. You know, my, me, yeah, my mum used to just get, I feel like she used to just get it from down the road pack or something. Yeah. But my yeah. Mom so, um, my mum was always so particular. Like, I, I don't even think she yeah. gets it from Nigeria. I feel like she, she gets it from. Gets it from Benin. Somebody from like either Benin or Togo or somewhere across the yeah, world. Yeah, because the Nigerians, I found it quite drying. And that's why okay. we wanted to bring that soap. Uh, in but make it moist more moisturizing um okay. so we have like molasses in there so it acts like a because we're vegan it's like a alternative to honey so it's a humectant okay we've got oil lots of nice oils in there as well i use it on my body and i use it on my face like it's like we recommend using it on face every day uh, not yeah. every day twice a week twice a week oh, but for me i use it on my face every day mm-hmm. um so it's really just people we want to encourage people to patch tests and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I love, it's my favorite product. The soap is my favorite ah, product. Interesting. And or or me, my cleansers, my, you know, my, those are the two I, I use religiously and the shea butter. That's just because it's a Got it. shea butter. And I use that on my daughter as well. Um, yeah. Like it's my, my complete, like everyday essential, those three products. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, Tell me a little bit more about why launching the your version or Liha's um Osha Dudu or what do you call it? Osha Gidi. Osha Gidi. Yes. So w- why was that important to have in your ski mix? I think it's just that again, it's that um we working those African in like products, like people love, but you know, might be too harsh for sensitive skin or too drying and stuff, and just reworking it and like talking about the history behind it and, you know, why, you know, why West Africans or, you know, um, Nigerians use it um, and then introducing people to it, but then making it a bit more palatable for like Mm. every day, for everybody. For everyday use. Um, But yeah, exactly. So um, out here in the States, you know, I've seen what they call here black soap. Right. Mm. And it's literally black soap. I know. Right. It's not. not, So I just want to I just want to dispel this myth for you guys that are out there and you think you're using African black soap. That is not African black soap. African black soap is not black. Okay, it is, you know, um, brown, Brown. golden, coppery, like a meld of those different um, colors, because if I remember correctly, the the ingredients in there like have like plantain skin. It's got plantain ash uh, skin. Um, It's got coconut, uh, coconut oil. Yes. Um, It's very minimal to be very honest. Honest. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't use lye, they use plantain skin, which is an alternative. So that's why it's quite soft as well. Yes. yes. Um, so 
Yeah, it's never black. So when it's you never see, black. I, when you I see will know that- the name. A name. We know the brand. I will not name them. Just say it starts with Shay. <laughs> Their soap is not real. They yeah. Their read the ingredients. This is not real black soap. They use black what? soap with and they read. What, I don't know. It's bizarre. I don't know why. It <laughs> it's like and you know for me it's like the beauty of Oshed Dudu like real. Nigerian African black soap which is not black like we said is I love the presentation right it's not like the western presentation like the box right the little box you open it up you got a bar of soap it's not that what it is is like it's typically comes wrapped up in like brown paper you open it up and it's almost like a cake right? Like a, yeah. a round firm bits. cake of bits <laughs> and it crumbles and you've got to get a knife out and you've got to cut yeah. your slice of soap out. Like, you know, when we talk about African beauty rituals, like I really wanted to talk about these sorts of elements because it's, it's all part of the ceremony of taking care of our bodies and our skincare. Um, it is not a white box with a black bar of soap inside it. It's way more than that. So if you have that, throw it in the trash <laughs> and go get yourself either some Osha Gidi from Liha Beauty or go yeah. go to West Africa and go get yourself some yeah. Osha Dudi. Yeah. I think the thing is, it's, it's a difficult one because it's like, people are so used to like the perfection of yes. what things look like. And you it's know. like, and you know, that's something I even, you know, struggled with. Uh, you know, it's not like, Every time it's yeah, so it's I think when you open Osha Osh- Dudu and it looks and it's not consistent either. Like you might Never. get one batch, <laughs> <laughs> Never. might look yellow, one might look brown, wow. one might <laughs> one might you know you know whatever. So mm-hmm. when I think it's just from I struggle with like presentation, especially if you're lux, you sit in that kind of prestige yeah. luxury. You know, we're in like, you know, Net-a-Porte or like Liberty, whatever. So it's like how it looks. And if you don't, if you're not physically there to have that explanation, it's like difficult. But because they're like, oh my God, what's this? Or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. So, so, yeah. So I like to say that it's shea butter season right now. So it's, uh, it's autumn, it's season. fall. Like the other day, even though I'm in Texas and it's still pretty warm here, there's just something kind of nostalgic about getting to the autumn time of the year and bringing out my shea butter or ori as it's called in Yoruba and sla- like really working it into my hands because you have to, it's like a workout and then slathering it, you know, to every crevice of my body. Um, you guys have two different types of shea butters um, with, within Liha, Liha Beauty's collection. Yeah. You have a, a, an ivory one and a gold we've one. We've got ivory one, yeah. We've got the and ivory one, one, which is from Ghana, which is the one that people are more used to. It's actually quite, it's the one that really is quite what you have to really work in your hands. Got so um, that's from Tamale. Um, it's it's like, yeah, it's ivory in color. It's like a light yellow I would yeah. say um, it's quite crumbly. Yeah, as I say, you have to work it. It, you know, in the summer it's not so bad, but in the winter it's quite hard. It Nigerian up. one um, we get from Oregon State. It's a bit, um, it's waxier. It's a okay. bit more. It's uh, we call it gold. Um, the color is a bit. It's golden almost. Okay. Um, and then it's wax. It's it's more. It's easier to work in in the hands. Uh, it's, it's more, more spreadable. 
yeah more spreadable yeah okay. it's literally like a butter okay um it's what was I gonna say yeah it's the one that's a bit more moisturizing it's thicker denser um okay. that's the one we've had really good reviews with the ex with eczema um huh. and like skin conditions and things like that um and it's the one that the smell like ivy one smells quite neutral quite sweet vanilla and the gold is quite earthy it's okay. an earthy smell it's um it's you know you either hate it or love it men t- weirdly men tend to like it women tend to like the ivory one okay um, but yeah they do the same thing but you know every region you know i've heard they've got shea butter in ethiopia they've got it in like different places i didn't even know about um and everyone's everything's east Af- in east i can't uganda i think it's that's a different type of shea you've got the shea tree everywhere yeah, Could we t- yeah and it's just every. Yeah, everybody's got their own different recipes, basically. Um, and it's historically handed down, depending on carpenters, families, you know, whatever. Mm. And every batch will be slightly different because it's yeah. handmade. So it's yeah. never going to be um, consistent like that. Yeah, so the, the shea butter that I use, um, that my mum also, you know, brought back from somewhere, whether it's Nigeria <laughs> or Ghana or wherever it is, I think Ghana, um, is ivory in color so that's yeah. that's what I use this morning um and you really have to work into it so right in terms of we're very clear now so the ivory is from Ghana the gold is from Nigeria Oakland State which is where I hail from whoop, whoop. um so why would one buy ivory or gold like what are the reasons like can you explain to our cust to our listeners yeah why I think buy one it's over just it's just preference, really. Um, you know, I really like the Nigerian one because I think it's just more moisturizing. Okay. Some people put off by the smell. Um, you know, some people just like the ivory. It's enough for their skin. Um, so it's really just preference, like just giving people the choice of um, of one over the other because the, the Nigerian one can be people just like, actually, I, oh, I don't like the smell. Mm. ivy one is just very neutral like you can't okay. hate it <laughs> okay. but it's it's the one you have to work with your hand so it's really per- preference um got more it. than anything okay so we've got to talk about this because i feel like different dermatologists that i've spoken to all have different viewpoints on this can we put shea butter on our face or not girl i i had i did a tiktok about this you know this is what oh, we do in our tiktok <laughs> welcome so- <laughs> to this world <laughs> <laughs> uh so with the I personally we recommend not to you know it's 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 got on the comedogenic scale it's a two it's it's not it apparently doesn't clog up your skin wait for first me, of all tell people what this commodogenic scale is what does it mean so like it's it just a scale of whether something will clog up your pores or clog up your skin like two is like no and then like 10 is like yes or something so okay. it's got a real like what it, 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 it shouldn't call it it's apparently it shouldn't but it's very thick shea butter is very thick um and it's an occlusive so it's it actually seals in moisture it's it's not like so I tend this is what I do with my daughter especially not so much in the summer because it's fine in the winter I would put a water-based um I use a vino water-based um moisturizer on or I you and first mm-hmm. and then I would seal it in with the shea butter so uh-huh. and that seals in the moisture. So with in terms of like when you're putting it just directly, I just think it's too thick. 
I okay. would personally break out. So I, this is, I do this. I just pull it on areas that I'm, I get really dry. So this is here in the winter, in the summer, not so much. Cause I don't, in the winter here, between my eyebrows, the edges of my lips, around my ear, weirdly around my ears, I just wouldn't okay. pull it all over my face. Uh-huh. Um, I just think it's just too thick. But some people, again, that's why I always say to people, patch test, everybody's different. Yeah. Like coconut oil, our Edan oil is a coconut-based oil. Um, and that's got, is really high on that comogenic state. Coconut oil will clog up your pores. Yes. And I don't, so, I don't so, pull it. So listen, listen, guys, this is something that I felt very strongly about. So I'm really glad that you've said that, right? Like coconut oil's not for the face. Coconut oil. It's not for the it's face. It's not for the face. But however, however, oh <laughs> I've got a friend and we've had people, it's weird. It's so weird. Everyone's different. I've had people tell us, it's, I've had people say that Edenol's cleared out the eczema. I've had my friend, uh, my friend wow. um, Jude, she uses it as a, as a facial oil. And I'm like, really? I can't, use, yeah. And she loves it. She thinks wow. it's the So this is the thing, like everybody's skin's different. Yeah. And you have That's to test. True. And I always say patch test. I personally wouldn't put a shea butter on my face, but I have when I've had like um really dry periods, I've used it like um like a a mask. I would put le- I would put it on my face for 10 minutes and just um clean it off of a uh da- a warm okay. got it. Um just for that hit of moisture. Um yeah. and that's what I've used it, or as I said, just put it where I feel like I'm dry. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, but that's just, that's just me. Um, but I always tell people to patch test. So everybody's different. Everyone I is different. Weird. Everybody's just, different. Ugh, it's, it's true. It's true. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about product naming because, um, you know, again, me being a brand marketer and, you know, being someone that's come from the world of beauty, et cetera, like that stuff fascinates me. So I think a lot of the things that fascinates you, which I heard you say earlier on, other things that also tickle me too. So packaging, <laughs> branding, logos, fonts, all that kind of stuff. So um, the names of your products are very intentional. Um, they are basically, they basically integrate Yoruba language into them. So Idon oil, which we showed you earlier on, yeah. which means magic. Idon means yeah. magic, right? Yeah. There's like, hold, Nigerian, they've got names, like they've got 10 different names for magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah, yeah. that's true when I was asking my dad what is it and he was like ah, ah, more not more more I don't know because <laughs> I've got to I would always ask my dad dad what you know what does he he's like See, uh, this is good because there's I was no like straight you. translation for anything like yeah. something <laughs> it's like overlap in in, in yeah. words so I was gonna ask you and then obviously there's the orange ring which I absolutely yeah. love the cleansing bulb which Orimri means moisture, I believe. Moisture, so yeah. my point is, like, first of all, and I think you've answered the question already, like, how do you go about naming these? Like, do you go to your dad and say, Dad, like, oh, I yeah. need okay, so it's him. He's 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 yeah, the naming use, guy. I would I yeah, when my dad um passed away, but I would usually oh, I would ask okay. him and Lee would and Lee would ask her dad. And then I'd ask, you know, we'd ask my I asked my parents and then I'd ask people like because yeah. there isn't like sometimes it's not real translation that and they'll be like because it's very specific words moisture my dad would be like moisture yeah yeah I was gonna say like, like how- nice for moisture he's <laughs> like ah I don't know or me or me water or me. like or me's water 
<laughs> same thing dad <laughs> so it's that yeah we are we have we try and it's again you try and be intentional about how we name things mm-hmm. um yeah I think I think that's really important again it's just educating people yeah. just have to take everything we do is like it is very intentional and it is like you need to take we need to, you almost need to take some time and do some a bit of a bit of research or watch yeah. a video or yeah and you know we get a lot with the edan or we know you know somebody's always emailing or asking can you make it liquid can't you make it can you put in a pot because i find it hard to get i was like if we put it in a pot in the summer you'll be telling oh. us we should put in a bottle yeah. <laughs> exactly so yeah and so um yeah so it's just you just have to take your time <laughs> I love it I do love the naming I absolutely love it so talking about this Edon oil which is like your like, I'm guessing it's your bestseller or your hero product yeah that's our yeah that and the balm actually is coming the balm's fast that, becoming one we'll of our come to the balm in a second because I I love it but you mentioned earlier on that there are like six different ways of using this um yeah. this magic multi-purpose oil can you yeah. share a few of those yeah, obviously it can use as a body oil. We say I lo- personally love it as a bath oil. I use it as a body oil, obviously. Okay. Bath. My 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 daughter's like, oh, mommy, you smell so nice. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> bath oil, precondition. So like with Afro hair as a preconditioner, or with what you know, straight wow. hair, straighter hair, or even curly hair preconditioner, straight hair just as um as a preconditioner uh, with afro hair or whatever and curly hair leave it in you can leave it in okay um so and then with um with straight hair just as a precondition and then shampoo and um conditioners you would normally or just run through the ends of your hair if it's really dry okay cuticle oil perfume or i decant it into a rollerball because i don't wear perfume and i don't wear ah, deodorant i decant cool it into um uh rollerball and then yeah. I just roll it okay. and I leave that in my bag um yeah basically head to toe apart from your face yeah truly <laughs> apart from your face yeah yeah so, um you guys will see that it's very it's solidified which we all know that coconut oil does but essentially and I see that you guys always recommend like if you want to use this take it into your hot shower as you're taking a shower, doing all the things or washing your hair, you know, this will obviously melt down into its liquid yeah. form and you can go ahead and use it. I like to use it as a body oil. Yeah, um, yeah. And most people but, do. Yeah, most people yeah. do. Do you know, it's so weird. I always like feel like, because it's like, <laughs> it feels so special. I always feel like I can't use it every day. I don't, look, even though I could. <laughs> look how much I've used. Barely any. <laughs> For the same reason. I will not use it. Like the shaper, I just like, you know, have a shower, put it on, da da da. With the oil, I'm like, I always keep it for where I go out and special yeah, occasions. Even though I can get an endless supply of it. It's like, it's such a weird one. I don't know. I feel like it. That's funny. Yeah, it's such a weird, because I could use it because I love the smell and I say, salad, I don't mm-hmm. wear, you know, deodorant. I don't, and I use it as deodorizer as well because um, coconut is a deodorant. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's such a weird one. I just don't I don't know. I feel like it's, it's too special. special to it's too special. Day. Exactly. So it has an amazing fragrance. I know you have tuberose flower in, yeah. in it, which is very I want to say that it's it's an ingredient that I don't come across very often in beauty and skincare products, so super unique. Why did you choose tuberose? 
for that very reason. So like it's, you find it in the high end perfumes like uh, Chanel number no. five and perfumery, um, mm -hmm. high end perfumery and stuff. You never really find it in like a body oil or um, just like an everyday. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and just making the smell, like the scent quite accessible yeah. in that sense. And I think, I think, you know, coconut oil had like a, a moment, <laughs> like it's a moment. <sighs> Uh, and about I don't know five, five, six, seven years ago, people were putting it everywhere, like yep. it was like a whole all the grail. things. And we wanted yep. to, yeah, and we wanted to bring that kind of like luxury element to coconut oil because mm. um, nobody wants to smell like their you know, yeah. fried or whatever. So sure. I think that's and that's how we kind of came ag um, across it. And Leha's like, as I said, she's like total skincare junkie. So it's like. Right. It's a really special flower. It's a night blooming flower. It's in tropical countries. It's really quite unusual. So, um, yeah. I love that. So uh, let's go to Orimri. Orimri cleansing yeah. balm. So this is new for me. I, I just, you know, got it maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, I do love a good clean cleansing balm. It smells amazing. Um Tell us about how we can best get the most out of this super indulgent formula. Yeah. Do you know what? Like I have really, um, balms don't do well with my skin. Like okay. my skin loves them. The mud cleanser is the, as I said, is the one that would me. Mud cleanser is the one I use every day. Mm -hmm. um, balms don't do, but I do love the, I mean, with the smell. Sometimes it's all I do so is go to my good. bathroom and I just smell just it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it right now. And just smell it. The smell, I can't even like. So mm. everything we do is quite sensory. Everything we do leads with like that sensory element because I think that smell brings up like memories and things on yeah. for people. Totally. So done. um yeah, so um so that's the Orimari just smells amazing. The thing is, we weren't actually gonna do a balm. Like I have quite now it has I've gotten old, it's less um oily, but definitely oily to combo skin and I wanted a cleanser like that would help without feeling really dry like the foam cleansers I can't do with okay and like the some of the washing the washing um cleansers I didn't really I thought it was too too stripping so we wanted something that would keep your own natural oil so we, we developed the mud cleanser and then we're like Lehigh's like I've got really <laughs> dry skin what am I gonna use so we're yeah. like, okay, we can do a balm because I was, you know, I was quite reluctant. I was like, you know, balm, everybody's got a balm. What's so special about the balm? So that we wanted to really build, bring up that kind of spa yeah. sensory element to it. So and not. you know what? I can't even use the balm that much, I, but I love to smell it. I use the balm once or twice a week. So what I do is I love the smell. Like I just, <laughs> I use, I bought, I, I bought a gua sha. Oh yeah. So I double cleanse with it basically, especially if I wear makeup. Yeah. So I will double cleanse with it if I wear makeup. So I use the balm and then I use the audio me. Um, so I would do the gouache. I started doing gouache. So I'll just watch TV and I'll just use the, because the slip of the balm is so lovely. Wait, so hold so, on. So you've got, so what you do is you get this orange ring cleansing yeah. balm. You mm. put it all over your face, right? Yeah. I'm just making sure that I'm seeing this correctly yeah. and while it's still on your face you get your gua sha facial tool and yeah. you go ahead and and just go it. and you know I, I was ah. doing it before I got the gua sha I was just doing it with my hands just like doing like okay I've got these like two lines that never go away because okay. like always found so I but the gua sha actually has been amazing with it so I was doing it just with my hands and doing facial I used to during lockdown I got into this French 
facialist, this French black facialist. She's amazing. Okay. I found her on YouTube and I started doing her stuff. Okay. you know what you do in lockdown oh you've got to drop <laughs> I started details getting... you're gonna have to drop yeah it. so I was doing I've got her name I'm terrible with names but anyway <laughs> so she I was doing that and then I and then everybody you know gua sha is a huge thing all these tools and stuff so I started doing my gua sha and um yeah so I use that so I try and do that once or twice a week especially with my thing and then but I can't just use that I have to double cleanse if I use the balm so I have to use the Ojiomi afterwards. Okay. And my skin just doesn't, it's just too oily. The balms, balms are too oily for my skin. Okay. Um, but yeah, so you can use the the balm as an everyday cleanser, especially it's a great breakup remover. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got dry skin, it's perfect. Or even combo skin is perfect as an everyday cleanser. Um, great makeup remover. I, as I said, love to double cleanse with it. Um, yeah. And just like, it's like a real, people have coined it spa in a jar. So it's like a real spa moment, I think, like just taking your time. The smell is just like brings you to calm. It's just an amazing. It is like it's becoming our best. We only launched it last year and it's becoming a bestseller. I can see why. I mean, I use it as an overnight. I use it for as a double to double cleanse. So like if I'm wearing makeup like I am now. So after this episode, I'm I'm not a normal like everyday makeup user. I'm wearing it because I'm seeing you today. So after this <laughs> after this episode, I'm what I will probably do is I'll take my makeup off with this. Like I'll put this on. I'll put this on my face dry. I'll get a hot towel and I will basically like you know gently take it all off and then I'll go mm. in and cleanse, double cleanse with something else. Um, but another way that I have used this is as an overnight. Mask. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can use it. So Leha loves it as an overcast overnight mask. Yeah. Um, as I said, it's too much for my skin, but yeah, sure. as as an overnight mask, it's great for as well. It's actually. really quite nice. And I actually used it on my flight to London a couple of weeks ago. Like a, Yeah, I actually I, might try this. Do you know do what? That. For for do once, it. for once, because my face, like everybody else, it gets so dry on a on flight. Flights. Yeah. So I might actually try it. Also, it's good as a cuticle oil as well if you've got ah. if you wanna yeah. So Leha uses that as that so um is. I'm not really into doing my nails, but <laughs> I'm so minimalist. So minimalist, um, yeah. Leha's like, you know, she does all these, she's got every she's got every hat going. <laughs> but um yeah, um, yeah, I actually might try that actually, because yeah, yeah, the flight when I go to Nigeria, I'll fly, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. it. I just decanted a little bit of this into a much smaller jar, mm. and then as soon as I got you know comfortable in my seat. Did my whole thing with it and left it on until I'm going to do that. That's a good hack. That is a good hack. I will do that. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I want to definitely talk about like the ritual of self-care and personal beauty. um, Because that's really important. Boundaries. You are a business owner. You're super busy. I can imagine. Like how are you setting up boundaries for yourself? And are boundaries even important to you? I'm very good at boundaries. <laughs> I'm very good at boundaries. I just naturally, do you know what? I'm like, I can, yeah, I can I just, see that. I can see that you. I'm would. just like, yeah, I just don't get involved. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, you know, everybody knows me. Like I'm not involved. I, uh, my friends. Yeah. I'm just like, if I don't want to do it, I just won't do it. I'm just, and if I want people okay. to like, and you know what I have, I've got a great set of friends. I'm very good at, um, I don't make new friends easily, which is something I'm trying to get out of because I need new friends. (laughs) Not not new friends, I just need 
I just I need like, friends. I feel like so many of us are experiencing that these days. Like making friends at an older age is so difficult. It's so hard. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. It is so difficult. Like, do you know what? And do you, I, so I was in, um, in England as well, but, but you know what? Also it's me. I've got like a resting bitch face. I don't know. And then I joined Soho Works and I'm thinking, cause you know, pandemic, you know, yeah. we closed our office and then we all started working from home. And then I was like, I can't be doing this. Let me join Soho Works. Nobody was talking to me. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to make friends. Nobody's talking. But then, you know. Oh my God, I'm dying. I know, it's so difficult. It's like impossible. I'm like, what is it? But then it's like England. This is England as well. People yeah, are like, oh, what do very you want? Nobody says no hello. Reserved. Nobody does say hello. Nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody says very hello. Good. And, you know, I'm the same. If somebody's looking at me, I'm like, Who, what are you looking what at? What are you looking, looking at? at? <laughs> yeah, that is very, that's so, such a British thing. I think for me also, like having now lived in the US for the last seven years, um, and I just went to London literally a couple of weeks ago one of the things that was so evident to me was that you know taking a walk here if I take a walk right here and I somebody passes by me they will always typically look up and say hey how you doing keep it moving I went for a walk about a week ago while I was uh, in London and you know my parents live in Great Ashby which is really close to Stevenage basically and yeah you know, they live right by some woods, like a beautiful forest. You can go take walks and whatnot. So I did that with my brother and his wife and, and their daughter is of their daughters. And we were walking by people, right? They were just so focused at looking down at the leaves as they were walking by me. And I was like trying to get their eye to be like, hey, you know, good morning. And just it's not like I want to have a conversation. I'm an introvert. I don't want to have a conversation yeah. with you. But I want to acknowledge the fact that we are in the same space right now and we're humans, you know, human interaction. We don't do that. And I, I was very quickly reminded that, oh, yeah, Timmy, you're in, you're in the UK. Like, you're in London. You're in England. That. Nobody does that. Yeah. Maybe up north in London ain't, it ain't happening. Oh, Nobody you. says hello. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm the same, to be fair. But when I was staying, I used to stay in Florida a lot and people were like, hey, ma'am, how you doing? How I'm you like, doing? I don't know you. I don't <laughs> I was like, oh, these people are so oh, fake. About to happen me now. A- <laughs> uh? Yeah, it's literally like they'll they'll ask you how you are and you're, you know, I'm typically like, what's about to happen now? Like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> you're like, you start, what it's do just- you want? What do you want from me? <laughs> I know this is so insane, but you know what? I was in, I go to Ghana. I was in Ghana last year for like four months and this year for like two months and I've made adult friends. I never made, <laughs> I made adult friends. I think it's because I hate this word expat community because oh, everybody's yeah. immigrants, but yeah, they've got like um, an expat community. And so I think just the very nature of that, like people are there to like make friends and things like that. So I found yeah. that so much easier. And okay. one thing I have, I need to actively start doing is like do like Sharmadine's Stack World they're actively, they've got like a, a forum which they talk about making friends, you know, an older age and they acknowledge that it's so okay. much, you know, so difficult. Okay. So there's like, you know, events and things like that. So, you know, I'm, That's it's really something cool. I'm definitely, yeah. I think like, you know, cause your friends, like the friends I grew up with, you know, we all have kids, we all, you know, have different priorities mm-hmm. and things. And I'm still like, 
I'm building a business. I need to be out there. I need, yep. and also you just want like-minded people doing the same things as you or similar yep. and the challenges. Right. So I'm definitely, um, uh, that's definitely something I'm actively trying to do. <laughs> Good luck friends. and keep me posted. I'm totally invested now in, in how this development how friendship, friendship networks <laughs> becomes. <laughs> so what is your, what does your ideal day off look like? God, it's probably with my daughter doing something, um, just taking her to a park, her wanting me to buy something. something <laughs> my ideal nice. would be literally, but the ideal would literally going somewhere, getting a nice a, a book, a glass of wine, mm. and nice. I love going to a restaurant on my. Okay. I, I love stuff. Yeah, I love eating good food on my own. I mean, okay. so when I was in Ghana, I did that so often. I would go, and because because the exchange rate is so good, I would I would take myself to the best restaurants. <laughs> Just, I had one restaurant. I was going to every Saturday afternoon, <laughs> ordering <laughs> ordering calum, um, octopus. <laughs> they knew the food yes. was so good. Yeah, oh. I love it. Like, and a nice guy. I would do that every Saturday afternoon. Oof. Take my daughter to her. There's a place where I'd take my daughter to and the right. nanny would take her. And then I'd have like a Saturday afternoon to myself. And I love it. <laughs> that sounds like the ultimate luxury day yeah. and evening. Good food and a glass of wine. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a happy bunny. So can you describe what your favorite self-care moment looks like? Do you know, I love my favorite self care. I don't get to do it often because mm. I actually I blame my daughter, but yeah, it's it's a bit of but it's lighting. I've got like a little um, oil burner. Okay, I light that up. I do some like meditation, just movement, Ooh, nice. like just moving, like a yoga, um, Pilates, like kind of movement thing. Um, yeah, I think for me that's that is like gives me peace of mind but even like self-care for me like going to the gym and doing a good workout yeah like, totally that makes totally. me f- so happy yeah I mean it does I haven't a lot done that. for the endorphins like all the yeah hormones it makes me make happy. so happy it makes me so happy like yeah or not even a happy like just accomplished and strong like if I've done like an amazing weight session yeah and like and throw down some weights and I'm like yeah I'm off I feel I feel amazing I feel like a new woman I I feel love feeling strong I love doing weights I love doing like you know coming from that athletics background and like doing like yeah doing like really strength-based work yeah you know and even though I don't do that much anymore like if I've done like a shit hot weight session I'm like that like that's like my idea of self-care I feel great I feel powerful I feel like I'm ready to take on the world so yeah do you have any beauty appointments in your calendar scheduled in the next yeah I got my wax tomorrow girl I got bikini (laughs) gotta get it I got my wax tomorrow (laughs) and I was trying to get it done today I got my wax I you know I mean when I go to Lagos I'm on the beach I'm going to a pool (sighs) um yeah so I need to get you know London ain't this country boy with its cold ass weather is so not. You don't want to do. You don't want to shave or wax anything. I know. <laughs> I know. You want to keep it all on to see to, to keep it keep all you as warm on. as possible. I'm telling you. And so, but I'm yeah. I'm getting my wax. Um. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I try. I need to be doing that every six weeks, but I don't. Um. But yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. 
I'm the same. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's been three months. I gotta call Monica. Monica. (laughs) (laughs) Can you put me in? Can you put this is it? Yeah. So but yeah, so that's like I'm just, you know what, I don't really I went to, when I was in Ghana uh, this year, um, this time, I went to get my nails done. You know, I was intrigued. Like, I never get, I hate it when it chips and stuff. But then I wanted like yeah. these, everybody's got these false like nails and it looks so nice with all these designs. Like the nail like, art. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, let me get it done. I went to get it done, boy. After two or three days, I got it taken off. I'm like, I couldn't do, I couldn't open my door. I couldn't tie oh, I really couldn't long my daughter's one. hair. It oh, wasn't no. even that long. It wasn't even that I just long. Just went used to them. I don't like it. I didn't yeah. like it. So I'm very, I'm just not like into all that stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. So I have to ask you, so this is a signature question that I always close um, every episode with. I feel like I might know the answer to this, but we'll see. If you're in a rush, you got up, you got up late and now you've only got 15 minutes before you get out the house. What are you going to do? Makeup or hair? Jeez, it definitely has to be the hair. <laughs> it has to be the hair. I thought it has you to would. be the. It I has to be would. the hair. Like you know, <laughs> I'm a black woman, man. Like makeup is cool. I can do that, but you know, you got to, fifteen minutes is not enough time to, to do a hair. Listen, to do hair, so listen, I need to get that going. <laughs> listen, I hear you. Worst case scenario is pulling out a headscarf and really nice headscarf hair, or hands, a turban, or exactly as you're rocking yeah. today, as you're rocking. Exactly. Today. I I think hair and eyebrows because my eyebrows aren't okay. great, so the hair. Yeah, eyebrow I think makes makes my well it makes my yeah. face anyway. So yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I'm quite minimal. It doesn't take me long to do makeup anyway. So <laughs> five minutes and you're good yeah, to so go. I'm good to go. Is there any, or are there any projects that are coming up that you want to plug? Uh, we're closing now, so I definitely want to hear from God, you. We've got, um, yeah. uh, we've got Eden candle, Eden oil candle coming out. Oh, yeah, cool. that's a highly requested thing. So we tried it. We thought we'd get it out before I Christmas, but that ain't gonna that. happen. Oh god. Yeah, so we're just. I think it's just going to be limited edition. It'll be okay. next early next year. Um, just getting like. It's something like I wasn't, I was super, like we've got asked that a lot. I was really reluctant because I was like, it's an Eden or why would you want a candle? Everyone's like, oh, have you got no? So we'll see how it goes. We'll just it's do a like fragrance. A Every, like we talked yeah. about earlier on, everyone's just obsessed with how good this thing smells, the tube. Yeah. So I get so it. So we'll see. We'll do like a limited edition. We've just got new SKUs coming out. Like um, cool. we just like, we've got a really small line, curate, you know, it's a really small line, but we need to kind of expand our SKUs. Okay. Um, and yeah, and you'll see us stateside, hopefully. So we'll be yes, more doing awesome. some more activations. Yeah. Um, awesome. hopefully in the summer. Yeah. Okay. So that'd be good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I will definitely keep us, definitely keep me updated. I'd love to, you know, I definitely, keep an I eye will. out. So where can my listeners find out more about Leha Beauty? Obviously, uh, lehabeauty.com, our website. Uh, if you're in America, shop it, <laughs> shop us at, on um, 13 Loom. Yes. And JC Penny. So 30 yeah. Noom has got an in-store in JC Penny. So please go there and shop. Um we need yeah, so please. Uh so I've got like a Oh, something's happening out there. Yeah, an <laughs> so, uh, ambulance just went past. So yeah, 13 Noom, um, JC Penny's um stores were in like I think three to three hundred now, and then they're rolling out to six hundred. So shop us there. Awesome. Um in the UK, we're in Space and K, um, shop us there. Yeah. 
And to close, what is one word to describe how you're feeling right now? Yeah, again, I'm feeling really relaxed. It's nice to have a conversation. You know what? I'm at home all the time, just beavering away. So it's nice to just have a really lovely conversation. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear. Thank you so much, Abby, for joining me in the lounge today. It was so good to hear about Leha Beauty. I'm not into like horoscopes and all that stuff, but does your birthday happen to be in January? Close. Are you Capricorn? Yeah. I knew it. I don't believe in this stuff, but I'm starting to believe like maybe (laughs) I can do this. Because, like, there were so many moments in this episode where I was like, me too. Me too. Me too. Are you Capricorn as well? I am January 15th. I am December 31st. Ah. Do you know what the thing is? I don't even know. Do you know what my friend, so my friend was saying, she knows, like, she's friends with a lot of Capricorns. She's like, all of you are the same. And then I was like, I don't actually know any Capricorns. Uh, <laughs> so well, it's funny. Yeah. I say, like I say, I'm not into that whole thing. But I was like, let me just ask the question. Let me just Yeah, see. I really, I, yeah, do you know what? I'm not into, I don't, you know, this like, I'm not really into, I mean, I, some of it is true. I feel like some of it is I quite. I appreciate, um, you know, that some of it might be, yeah. There might be some truth to some of this stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. I that. definitely think, yeah, I definitely think there's, there might, this is truth to, uh, you know, there's elements of, you know, truth to every, not everything, but a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely, I am a typical Capricorn. Um, yeah, when I read horoscopes, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's me. me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a typical Capricorn. Um, but yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs>